0: This is the Thursday, July 29th edition of the Daily Wager podcast. Got you covered with a little NBA draft action and a little baseball on your way out. Maybe some Olympics as well. So sit back in and out in less than 10 minutes. Welcome to the Daily Wager podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top rated daily fantasy app. I'm Doug Kazarian alongside Joe Fortenball on this NBA draft day. So much going on right now. Obviously, NFL news with Aaron Rodgers and everything else. But we have the NBA draft to discuss tonight, Joe. Draft prompts are some of my absolute
1: favorites. We get basically two days a year, sometimes three if you're heavy on day two of the NFL draft. But between these two days, following the money, following the moves, Trying to be on top of the information so you can beat the bookmakers to the adjustments. This is like such an equally exciting but also stressful day. Like betting anxiety is pretty high trying to stay on top of this.
0: Totally agree. Totally agree. It is uh, such a different animal than regular betting because you are – it's a game of information as much as it's a game of misinformation for all the uh, insiders out there. So that's difficult and then you have to kind of apply your own just experience dealing with it all. And it is sort of a, I don't know, not just an acquired taste, but an acquired skill. And it's fun. Obviously, it's great. But there are some like curveballs that come that maybe you would not exist in a world with, um, you know, in a right, conventional sports matchup.
1: Yeah, you, you absolutely have to avoid trying to lock into anything being a guarantee. Like maybe Cunningham, number one's a guarantee. I don't know if you want to weigh the minus 8,000. But you don't want to get caught in these positions because we see it every year with both drafts. It just takes the one team to make the crazy outlier move no one was expecting and then all the dominoes and all the cards have to be reshuffled the rest of the way. And everyone's got to rejockey into position. So just be smart about what you're doing, you know, try to get in a good position, but you know, try to avoid the Kyle Pitt situation I had going on for the NFL draft. I don't know if anyone needs that much pressure going into a bet.
0: no no we uh we do not and obviously a lot can happen we see a lot of trades in all these sports particularly the nba so yeah uh, let's get going out of the gates my favorite one is jalen johnson over 15 and a half now a year ago he was projected in the top five and has that kind of talent but just didn't materialize at duke very inconsistent his season was cut short decided to focus on the nba draft before valentine's day and so other recruits and prospect prospects have Really caught everyone's eye. So all signs point to Johnson going in the 20s. And so over 15 and a half minus is definitely my top play. Now, his talent alone could get someone to take a flyer. But if you look at the teams, like at that 12, 13, 14, 15 with the Spurs, Pacers, it just doesn't kind of feel right that they would take someone like that when there are other people with similar upsides out there. So I like Johnson over 15 and a half.
1: I agree. That's one of the ones that jumps off the page because I don't know if there's another player whose prop versus where his average spot is in mock drafts differs greatly, differs greater more than this. Like a lot of guys, you'll see the prop maybe at seven, and the mocks have him anywhere from six to nine. His prop is 15, Johnson. A lot of the mocks have him 25, 28, 29. Big discrepancy there. So I'm with you on that. I've been riding that one with you from the beginning. I'll throw two your way. Jonathan Kaminga from the G League over six and a half. This is already up to minus 210. Fun story. After we got off daily wager yesterday, I went to add more to this bet. And while I made the bet, I got that notification on my local that said, um, oh, there's been a line move here. And it's like, all right, it's probably juice. I go back and it was moved to seven. It was the only place I saw it. It was the local I was using, moved it from six and a half to seven. Everywhere else is at six and a half with juice. I don't know what these guys were trying to pull. But ultimately, it feels like we have a pretty good sense of what's going to be the top five, right? Cunningham, Green, Mobley, Suggs, Scotty Barnes, in any particular order. Kamingo was there at six for a while. A lot of people thought he was going to go to OKC. And then suddenly James Booknight, the guard from UConn, appears to be the guy. Now, one disclaimer here, Oklahoma City rumored by everyone to be looking to trade up. So if they move up from six, who knows what ends up happening in that situation? Who knows if they're able to pull it off, but they've got a lot in that arsenal from all the star players they've traded over the last few years. But I think Kaminga going to fall. Dallin Cuff, a friend of ours from ESPN, said it perfectly. He's got a pretty high ceiling, but the floor is really low. Talking about laziness on defense, uh, picking up defensive sets. Some people think he might go to the Warriors at seven. I find that odd. The Warriors – want high IQ players they want guys who understand the defense who understand the rotations I don't think they want another project like with Weissman last year that was one of the problems on defense he couldn't pick it up right away that's understandable he's a kid I don't think they want another one of those situations right off the bat so I'm going over six and a half on Kaminga I'll throw another one your way before we keep going back and forth Corey Kispert the Gonzaga wing was 14 and a half down to 13 and a half plus 105 on the under I'd still take a shot here. I think there are a handful of teams that are looking for great three point shooting. This is the guy that can fill that void. Uh, Charlotte at 11, the Spurs at 12, possibly Indiana at 13. He's a potential 50, 40, 90 guy. Now, I know what we say about seniors coming out of college, and I know what we think about guys like Kispert, who might not necessarily be great on the defensive end of the court, but I do still like the under at 13 and a half plus 105.
0: Yeah, you know, it's funny, the Kaminga bet I made during the show uh, because it was it was steaming <laughs> elsewhere, so I fired on the Kaminga. At 210, I'd probably go there, but I just, I don't know. Well, fortunately, I don't have to make that decision, but it's getting up there for my liking. I'm actually really excited about a Zaire Williams juice that's moved because all along I liked the under 18 and a half. His ceiling is so high. We could see him in the top 10 at the later part of that, but his his prop had just not moved for, like, Two weeks, it was still under 18 and a half, like plus 110. Finally, it's starting to move, and that gives me a little bit more confidence that it's going to hit. So, I actually would rather lay the dollar 30 than the, the plus 110 because I feel more confident that it's finally moving. So, <laughs> stand out, it's uh potential. Um, you know, look, it's we we, we see it all the time. The upside, all all we, we're going to hear it all. It's everyone's favorite drinking game with Jay Billis, and he laughs about it and he embraces it. But this guy has it all, and so all it takes is someone to get involved there. I, I think Scotty Barnes and book Knight are the biggest kind of causers of your cominga over that's been um, the most interesting one. And if you can find some index betting, things like that, it's probably worth, a, I found a 15 to one on Barnes at four. He's projected to go five because you could see trades and someone trying to get Barnes. There's a lot of buzz around Barnes. So someone could trade up. Although Suggs seems like the right guy at four. Again, if you can get a nice payout on the index betting, then it's worth firing. So that's uh, what stands out to me. Anything else from your end?
1: I'll throw a couple more out there. Baylor guard Davion Mitchell is now up to 12 and a half. That feels like an overview because you got a lot of guys who are surging ahead of him into the top 10. I'm not really sure how to pronounce it. Is it Alperin Sagun and uh, Josh Giddey?
0: Sagoon. Yes.
1: Sagoon and Josh Giddy are two names that have just surged in the last few days. Like their props have dropped. The mocks have them in the top 10. Those are two guys that could push Mitchell out, so I keep an eye on that. LSU guard Cam Thomas, under 21 and a half. I know Tyler's big on this one. It was 22 and a half, down to 21 and a half. He's a big-time scorer. Needs a little help on defense, obviously, but all these guys need some work in at least one regard, except for maybe Cunningham. Uh, you could see him as early as 17 in New Orleans. Atlanta at 20 is another destination, so I keep an eye on that. And Franz Wagner from Michigan, it seems like his prop continues to drop. It's funny. You wake up today, and I'm not saying you want to put a ton of stock or a ton of faith in the mock drafts, but you want to keep an eye on it because some of these guys really know what they're talking about. They're really well connected. And Wagner was a guy who was slated 8, 9, 10, pretty much everywhere until this morning. And if you looked at all the updated mocks, I, a bunch of them have Wagner all of a sudden number seven to Golden State. And something like that pops for a reason. Now, I'm not saying that's exactly what happens, but you take a look at it. The price hadn't moved as much on the under uh, 10, 10 and a half, depending on what you see. I would consider that one as well. So that kind of rounds up the portfolio for now. But you know how this game works. We're going to be watching the movement all day. And if you, you want to pay attention to the news, you want to pay attention to Woj, you want to see what's coming because one little snippet, about any player could trigger a domino effect where maybe three, four, five bets are involved, and it could really give you an opportunity to get ahead of the line move if the books don't catch it as quickly as you do. All
0: right, A couple things. Uh, we talked about Davion Mitchell a week ago on the show. It was eight and a half. I bet over ten and a half, but I cannot uh, get behind the twelve and a half. I just think there's some some allure there in that range, and every every slot matters so much. I, I do see your giddy. He's being buzzed up. He's a guy from uh, Australia. Um. Yeah, I get it. But a lot of these guys are, you know, everyone's saying, oh, 7, 8, 9, 10, but there's like 20 guys mentioned. It's like, ah, it doesn't work that way. Right. <laughs> so, uh, Cam Thomas is interesting. He's kind of a stay away. He can go as low as like 15 ish, but as high as like 27. So I, I would, I personally would avoid Thomas, even though I think he should be a top 20 pick. Maybe, uh, some teams are just playing more coy than others. But, um, It's going to be really interesting to see what happens with that seventh pick. I kind of feel like it's a fork in the road at seven is where things get interesting because there's such a a high possibility of a trade. So the Warriors can go win now. And then from there, see who trades. So the 10 spot is now Memphis, right? It was New Orleans. Now it's Memphis. So like that kind of changed things too for that 10, 11, 12. Sagoon was expected to go to the Spurs at 12. He's probably going to go higher. Kispert might go at 10 as well. Um, or, or Charlotte around then as well. So there's a few of these that are a little tricky. Uh, that's why I feel un- I, I like Sharif Cooper over his like 21 and a half, 20th. There's some talk about the Knicks, but I don't. You know, you have to you have to kind of take that risk. If there's one team that could take them. obviously they they have a lot of guys on their radar. So um, that's sort of my assessment. Any any baseball or anything else on the way out the door?
1: Think card, especially since it's getaway day, one game tonight. So anyone who's listening to this before the normal time slots uh, for baseball games kickoff, I've got for you under eight in the Pittsburgh uh, Brewers game tonight. Milwaukee's going to send Freddie Peralta to the mound. He's having a career year, 2.29 ERA, two or fewer earned runs allowed in 11 of his last 12 starts. The guy has been nails. Pittsburgh has really struggled against right-handed pitching this year, 28th in homers, 20th in weighted runs created, 23rd in weighted on base average. Now this game's in Pittsburgh and they're going to send righty Chad Kuhl to the mound. 2.48 ERA over his last six starts. He's been pitching well, but look at the home road splits. When Kuhl's out on the road, 5.91 ERA when cool's pitching at home 2.36 ERA. He's been fantastic. So under eight runs, Pittsburgh and Milwaukee tonight.
0: Couple water polo plays for you. Yes. Um, we got there with Caleb Dressel last night and met most memorable post uh, meet uh, interview. So that was a really cool moment just for everybody, but it was nice that Dressel won the hundred, just such a quick race uh i like the u.s to bounce back in women's water polo so i'll lay the four and a half against russia and i like japan plus the nine and a half against hungary a little bit of a flat spot a little bit of a favorable officiating angle uh plus nine and a half with the japanese against hungary both women's water polo um but that'll do it um good work for you on dog of the day i'm excited to see who you have coming up later tonight but uh until then everyone thanks for reading reviewing subscribing all that good stuff and we'll round out the work week here on the Daily Wager podcast tomorrow.